Hello everyone, I am here with Rangers Royalty. I'm going to describe this career to you before we introduce the man himself. Early career league winner and European Cup semi-final with Dundee United. Transferred to Tottenham Hotspur, captain Spurs in the 1987 FA Cup final. Then Rangers come calling. First ever £1 million transfer to a Scottish club, went on to have nine league medals from 1987 to 1997, three Scottish Cups, six Scottish League Cups, Hall of Fame, in the Rangers' greatest ever team, captain of Rangers Football Club, as I said, Rangers Royalty, Mr Richard Goff. Richard, thank you for joining me. Thank you, Stevie. Let's just go straight into it. We could spend, I think, hours... And I'm lighting up even just thinking about it. This was my era. But why Rangers? Well, let's journey back to 1987. Why Rangers at that point in your career? You're flying high. Tottenham, um, captain day FA Cup final. Why Rangers? Rangers was always in the in the family. My father, grandfather were Rangers supporters. And um, when I first came to Scotland as a, as a kid, when I was 16, 17, I had a trial at Rangers because that was the way I wanted to, to, uh, to play. Um, didn't work out that way, but I went to Dundee United at a good time where I was a very good manager, Jim McLean. And there was another man, and there was another man there that was going to have a an influential, um, uh, big influence on my career, Walter Smith, playing in the reserves, and he was a he was a coach at the time. Um, had success at Dundee United, winning a league when when we were younger getting to a couple of cup finals and getting to, you rightly said, the European Cup semi-final. And um, played with some terrific players there. You know, Mary Hegarty, mm. Bannons, uh, you know, Ralphie Mulne, Paul Sturrock, Davy Dodds. So I had some real good good players, you know, as a, as a youngster. Then, in, in 86, I think when Graham Souness was coming to the club and Walter had gone to, to Rangers at that time. Um, I think Rangers tried to, to get me from Dundee United then, but um, Jim McLean wouldn't sell. I went down to Tottenham and um, had a very good season at Tottenham. And, uh, you know, in the, I think it was the, the October of that, 87, that, that Rangers put in a bid that Tottenham accepted. and. Um, the chairman came to me down at Tottenham and asked if I'd, if I'd be, if I was willing to go up to Rangers. English teams weren't in Europe at that time as yeah. well, um, from 86 to 91, so that was a, a, a thing. And um, a lot of the, you know, I'd seen what happened the year before with, with Terry Butcher and Chris Woods and a lot of good English players going up to Rangers and I just thought they were on the, the, the verge of something big. And. Um, I signed for the club uh, on October the third, nineteen eighty-seven. You know, and I always say, people ask me what what was um, your best moment in a in a Rangers jersey, and I always say, well, my three best moments, I never had a jersey on, and that's also it's like a trick question because the first was signing for Rangers, the second was when Graham Souness pulled me into the, his office to, to become captain of Graham, uh, of Rangers. And the third was nine in a row when, when mm. I was in a suit. So that's also a wee trick question. So um, I made the decision to, to come up at that time and um, spent 11 years at the club. And a lot of people said I should have stayed where I was at Tottenham. Um, 
I'm sure I would have had a, a good career there. You know, I, I could have most probably gone to um, Manchester United at that time as well. And I saw something on the Rangers TV that Sir Alex Ferguson had wanted me at that time when I was coming up the road. But um, um, I don't regret any anything about the 11 years I had with Rangers Football Club during my, during my time here. It's been a, it was a magnificent period for the club and um, won 18 trophies or 18 medals with the club and um, yeah, so my, memory, my memories of that time are, you know, just fantastic memories and uh, always will be. Graham Souness was revolutionising the club at that point. I think that's a, a fair description. Mm-hmm. Things were changing and it became a bit of an attitude era and everything swung for Rangers in terms of perhaps becoming the club that we would want them to be. What was Graham Souness like to work with? Graham was fantastic. Um, you've got to remember Rangers in that time in the early 80s. You know, it wasn't the club that it was going to become, mm-hmm. I think, you know. We were going through, the Rangers were going through not a great time during that period. But um, um, I knew Graham from from the international team, the Scotland team. So I'd met Graham in, as a person and as a player. He was my captain, you know, in, 19, in 18, 1983. So he had known me for, for um, three years before, before, before uh, he tried to sign me. So he knew what I was about, I knew what he was about, and uh, I just thought he just, he was my type of person that I'd like to play for. He was very, um, he was very direct with everyone. He didn't, he didn't uh, stand up for, you know, for any nonsense. And um, I enjoyed playing for him. I thought he was a, he was a, he was a good manager. Um, he, he was different in the way he handled all the players the same, but he, he kind of liked, uh, Kind of like strong physical, I think people, you know, like you know, you know, with a bit about them, you know, like if, I mean, you just need to look at the back fours, myself, Gary Stevens, Terry, Terry Butcher, so um, played against Dundee, signed John Brown because John Brown kicked him, kicked him up and down the field or something, you know, so he said, oh, if he's, he'll do that for, he'll do for us, you know, so um, no, I had a lot of respect for him and. Um, still speak to him on a regular basis. That era, mm-hmm. maybe people point to it and, and point to the signing of Morris Johnston mm-hmm. as being the biggest kind of moment in Graham Souness's career and it often gets overlooked just how good Morris Johnston was as a player. Mm-hmm. But at that point at Rangers we had some incredible players, Trevor Stephen, Morris Johnston, mm-hmm. just to name a few, Ali McCoy, Ian Durant, all doing really special things. And if you would split your time at Rangers into two, and we have the soonest period and then the, the Walter Smith period, which we'll come to. Mm-hmm. Who do you think was the standout player of the Graham Souness era? And that's a difficult question. So if you're allowed to say yourself. Um, no, a difficult question. <laughs> it is. But I think, we had um, so many good players, didn't we? Yeah, we did. We had, a, we had so many good players. We had terrific players. You know, we had terrific Scottish players, mm-hmm. including David Cooper at that time as well. Yep. So terrific players uh, for the club. Uh, McCoy too was, a, you know, fantastic during that period as well. Um, you know, so uh, for me, for me, you know, the, 
the, the change happened when when uh, when Graham managed to get Terry Butcher to the club. Yeah. I think in a lot of ways, you know, he was a fantastic player, and um, it was something the club hadn't seen before. The quality of that, you know, when I can remember, I think I actually played against uh, Rangers just before I went down to Tottenham, and they had the new team, and actually we beat Rangers three two at at uh, Ibrox that day. But we knew there was a, the whole Scottish football, and it revolutionised Scottish football. The whole, you know, with all the English players coming up, and the quality of the English players that come up, you know, mm-hmm. um, you know, Graham went on to get Ray Wil- Ray Wilkins, eighty two caps for England. You know, I mean, there was some fantastic players at football club. Mark Walters, you know, so just brilliant. It was a, it was a brilliant, like you say, the first period of that time, the the late eighties. You know, it was a ter- terrific time to play for the football club. Terrific players. Graham would come to leave at a pivotal moment. Mm-hmm. Walter would come in. Rangers would manage to win the third title, and and Walter would have to change because European football would change with the the, the three four in a rule mm-hmm. and things like that. And a whole host of new players come in, yes. including some players that are now Hall of Famers and and. Looked upon as some of the greatest players that I've ever played for this football club, including the likes of Andy Gorham. Mm-hmm. Rangers would go on a remarkable time under Walter to, to go all the way to nine. Mm-hmm. Let's talk a wee bit about Walter Smith. Mm-hmm. There's not much you can say about Walter. He was an incredible man. Yeah. Um, incredible. But what was he like? You said that he was a, an early influence mm-hmm. at Rangers on you coming up the road, but him becoming manager. That was. Can you talk us a wee bit through about the process of him becoming the manager and was the dressing room fully united behind Walter and it's such a big thing, especially at that point where we were going for a title and yeah. you, you had St Mirren away, Motherwell away and then Aberdeen at home, critical. The club would come through it, but mm-hmm. how big was, was Walter and as a figure of, of the club? It's probably a silly question because we know how big Walter is, mm-hmm. but can you describe Walter to us? Yeah, I think he was, uh, first of all, he was an incredible human being. Um, you know, I met him at, at 17 years old at Dundee United. I didn't know the influence he would, he, well, we would have on each other's careers, <coughs> really. Um, I was involved in football, if I was involved in football for for t- 21 years, he was involved in 20 of them, if you, you know, because I had my last two years with him at Everton, Everton as yeah, well. Absolutely. Um, so we knew each other inside out. We had, a, we had an incredible trust with, within each other, um, and I can remember, like I said, that, you know, I loved Graham Sunus as well, and um, I got a phone call that that um, David Murray wanted to see me. Um, you know, the next morning at Ibrox, and. Um, he asked me on the phone, did I know what it was about? I said, yeah, I did, because an English reporter had phoned me and said Graham Sunis was going to go to Liverpool at the end of the season, which he, hmm. he was obviously agreed to go to Liverpool in the you know, 91-92 season. And when I went into Ibrox that morning, David Murray said to me, I just got you in early, Richard, because um, I've called a press conference and uh, just want to make sure that Walter Smith will have the respect of all the players and stuff like that, you know. So 
I said, yeah. I said, you know, total respect of all the players in the, in the dressing room. And he said, well, that's good because um, uh, Graham wants to stay here till the end of the season, but um, he's leaving today. So that was a big shock to to all of us at the football club because I thought I thought Graham would just carry on until the end of the season. Mm. So that was a hell of a decision, big decision. But, by David Murray to, to do that um, and that showed the strength of the the chairman at that time and um, I can remember we I think we we beat St Mirren yep Sandy Robertson had that kind of yeah, overhead yeah, kind of kick yeah, didn't he yeah yeah, yeah we beat <clears throat> St Mirren and then um, I can remember <laughs> I got sick of all things I got with, uh, I, I picked up hepatitis from from something, and um, I went into a hospital, um, and the boys were, we lost at Motherwell, we lost 3 0 at Motherwell, and that was a, mm. that was a big. Walter used to call that the Archie Knox game because that was Archie's yeah. first game. Yeah, yeah that, I remember exactly. Walter told me that yeah, actually. Exactly, and then, um, but we had so many injuries. I mean, McCoy's Durant, they were mm. injured. Uh, John Brown was playing with an Achilles problem. You know, he actually snapped his Achilles and played on, which shows you what what John well, was, was like. That was the last. That was the against Aberdeen. Yeah, yeah. He had injections in it, you know. So we were walking wounded, you know. And um, you know that that last game, I, I, and I can remember, <laughs> I was in Ross Hall. I was in Ross Hall at the you know when we won the thing, and that was a pivotal moment in Walter's career for me, because if if we hadn't won that championship. Then I wouldn't say Walter wouldn't have got the f- wouldn't have been fired or anything, but it would mm. be it would have been changed the it would have changed the outlook of the whole thing, you know. We wouldn't be we wouldn't be good for nine in a row. We'd be, you know like mm. later, you know, and that just you know gave him the uh, you know and the Rangers supporters you know gave. You know the Rangers supporters' faith that he was the right man for the job. You know the way that we finished off that title. You know in that uh, in that season, and then from then on, we had to get the the Scottish players in. Mm-hmm. From then, because a lot of the so there was a, a massive turnover of players, and I can remember speaking to him about a few of the Scottish players that we we, we were going after, and um, we got in Gorham, we got in David Robertson, we got in Stuart McCall, we got in Gordon Jury. David McPherson. I'm trying to think of any other ones that we've got. So we got in a lot of good ones. We've got mm. Morris Johnson at the club already. Um, so, but the basis of a real good, uh, a good team. What it did, it mucked us up in Europe a wee bit, you know. Uh-huh. Um, but, but, um, but oh. domestically, we were still very strong. Yep. So Walter would obviously have a couple of fantastic seasons. We would do that. I, I, I kind of split that nine. Rightly or wrongly, into sections you have the the soonest section, then you have that middle section which I call the kind of McCoyst Hately section, and then you've got the Loudrop and Gascoigne later kind of section where, and I think they were all different but wonderful teams yeah, yeah. in ways. Because we had to change the way we played. We played a wee bit. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. I'm going to come back to what I consider to be one of Rangers' greatest ever seasons, an '82 '93 season. But I'm going to talk a wee bit about Gascoigne and Loudrop, mm-hmm. and that that push for nine in a row. The dressing room 
I remember even as a young boy for myself, it became fever pitch. It was all about nine. Mm-hmm. What was it like dealing with that pressure? Um, well, after we won, after we won eight, you know, like like I said, we had to, we changed the way we played a wee bit at the back um, when we got Gascon and Ladra because we they were two free spirits in a lot of ways. So Walter came to me at the beginning of the one season and said, "We're going to play three at the back, and you'll have two full backs." Whether it was David Robertson and um, uh, it was on the Ali Cleland or whatever on the, on, on the one side, and you can make it a five quite quickly because we want to get Gascon Ladd up on the ball as quickly as possible, type thing, you know, and they can they can create. Um, so we had to we changed the way I had Alan McLaren alongside me and Bomber and Gordon Petrich, so all, all players like that, you know, so all good players. Um, so we did change the way we played, um, but uh, after we won the eighth title, um, which was the famous game at, at home against Aberdeen, where where Gascon scored a hat trick, um, I can remember already thinking about the next season because it was going to be um, it was going to be thirty six cup finals. I thought, you know, you know, and. Uh, and um, I sometimes think back to this and think we, we, we had a good team then and we didn't do as well in Europe as we should because I think we were just, we were just game after game after game after game and mm-hmm. you know like if you, you look at now at all the teams that they, they rest players now but we couldn't rest anyone because we have to play our strongest team in every yep. every league game you know um, and we, and thankfully we managed to, to get the to get the nine in a row, we we were lumped over in the end, you know. But um, we managed to get it, you know. So um, it was a huge accomplishment because if we if we hadn't got it and matched Celtic's nine, it would have been a huge mm. disappointment. And um, that was for me was was a, was a was a big relief, you know. A lot of players say that when we speak to them about nine in a row, they all talk about how great it was. But a lot of people would say relief. Is a word that comes because there was so much pressure yeah. on. I remember, genuinely, I remember as a youngster, started to go around about six, seven, and all people were even singing about that point was nine in a row. Mm-hmm. So to actually live that with mm-hmm. that pressure. Mm-hmm. And I remember on the way to eight in a row going to Kirkcaldy to play Wraith and being 2 1 down. And winning 4 2. And winning 4 2 in McCoist, yeah. and Judy gets a late penalty and stuff like that. Some of these games were incredible. Yeah and the spirit of that group. And that's what I want to come to next, that dressing room. You spoke a lot about it. A lot of players have spoke a lot about the, the kind of culture and the, how good was that dressing room? Because we look at that era now, Richard, and yeah. there's so many players that are now Hall of Famers. The yes. best players that we ever consider yeah. playing for Rangers were in that group. Yeah, I think it was uh, fortunate that we had, um, we had a good group of players round about. Well, as me as a captain, had a good group of players round about me who were... Uh, were good leaders as well, you know, and they're very, very um, strong-minded. Let's put let's put it that way, you know. See the and stories very, about the likes of Bomber and that when he used to be in the dressing room and hyperventilating and then getting ready. Is that all true? Well, against Celtic, they were, yeah. <laughs> yeah, but I mean, we we all knew, you know, we were all we were very close. We were very close as a bunch of um, of players as well, you know. Like every, I mean. I got tagged with a, the, the team that drinks together, wins together. And yeah. It wasn't really true. I, I mean, 
if we drank as much as we were supposed to, we wouldn't have been winning all the medals. You know, maybe once, you know, I normally used to, I would, I would say the gaff if we lost a game, and we didn't lose too many, maybe yeah. we lose maybe three or four games a season. But if we lost a game, then I would take the boys and we would go somewhere, you know, we would, you know, sit in a gaffer or we'd just have a wee blow off or, you know, and just, um, I would take the boys out and he would give us some training off the next day and we'd just have a few beers together, you know. But it wasn't... Yeah. It was more like... It was more just a, a get-together, you know. We weren't going out every every weekend and getting, you know. I mean, I never... I was, I was hardly at the house, at, 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 you know, when we were going for those, you know, when mm-hmm. as a professional football player, you know, you never... You never... You never but I think it just got exaggerated a, a wee bit, you know, after the, the stuff, you know. But it was a very close bond, you know, the players had. And uh, I think that was part of the... Um, like, I mean, I, someone asked me the question the other day, was there any bad eggs in the dressing room, you know? Mm-hmm. And I went, no, because they wouldn't be allowed in there, you know. It wouldn't be... Or they would have been... They would have left the club pretty uh, quickly, you know, so it was a good... You know, and we welcomed any new players coming to the club very quickly as well, and integrated them into the into the, the process very quickly. And winning helps a lot when you're winning. You know, it's a great, yeah, it's a great. Uh, um, it helps the spirit, certainly. It helps the spirit, and it also you know helps the togetherness. And you know, I mean, I I used to say, you know, you'll find out about your group of players when you lose it. Mm. You know, and and we did. We we went through a few tough times and. We managed to get through them, you know, so it's good about the, the, whole, the whole dressing room. One of the best seasons in my Rangers supporting life was growing up during that 92-93 season. Mm-hmm. Everybody talks about it, treble winning, so close to ultimate glory, European Cup. I spoke to a lot of players yeah. in that era, like Mark Cately and Ferguson, talk about that season, but mm-hmm. let's talk a wee bit about that. Um, we could probably talk for hours, I think, Richard, yeah. but very quickly talk about the likes of Leeds, Marseille, the European run before we touched domestically. Mm-hmm. How big was that? Silly, quite is silly, think, isn't it? Yeah, asking it, you how big it is. We know how big it was, yeah, but I think it was. It was, you know, like myself, McCoist, Haitley. Uh, certain players were at an age we were about. We we're all about thirty years old then, and you know, given, you know, um, give and take a wee bit, and we were just very experienced. By that time, so we knew, we knew, um, we knew the the tricks in the trade, you know, type thing and stuff like yeah. that. And we and we had, we just had a good team, you know, we had a really good team, and we, we got off to a good start in the the European stuff. And we went on, I think it was about forty four game and beat and run. Um, we got through against. I'm trying to think back now. We got through against. Uh, First game, Lingby qualifier was Lingby. Yeah. yeah, we Durant scored over there. We beat them at home two 0 Yep, and we Durant scored. And then the second game was Leeds um, in the qualifier. And it was funny that you know I got reminded today that was the first Champions League. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, and there was there was eight teams. You know, mm-hmm. so there was we qualifiers before it, two qualifiers before, and then. Um, uh, you know, eight teams, and we were one of the, we were one of the teams. But when we we drew Leeds United, it was um, 
you know, it was obviously the Battle of Britain, and, you know, that always comes up when the, the big teams play against each other, the, the Scottish and English teams. And they had, they had two Scottish players, you know, good Scottish players playing for them, and McAllister and Strachan as well, so that was another, you know, the, the thing to it. Um, but they had a good team. Other than, other than, other than their two centre-backs, I didn't think were the highest quality. Everything else in their team was, you know, was decent. Yeah. I mean, they had Cantona, Cantona front, speed. speed. Yeah, yeah. The midfield was Strachan, McAllister, Batty. Yeah. And uh, what's the point of the left wing? You know, it was just, just a good, good side. Yeah. They'd won the, they'd won the, the, the English Championship the, you know, the the year before, beating Manchester United. Yeah. You know, so they were they were a good team. So when they came up here, McAllister scored in the first minute. I can always remember the the crowd got right behind us when by the time we got the ball up to the centre circle again there was a huge mm. crowd were erupting, you know, so they were right behind us, you know, and uh but I think they knew we were a decent team, you know. Um we managed to get the two goals, two one up, and then I can remember I can always remember funny enough that night that, that Batty played very well for them in the middle of the park. And before we went down to play Leeds, he got injured on the Saturday. And I said to Walter, I said, he's going to make a difference, you know, for us. Because he did well at, at mm. Ibrox, you know, because he was a tough, was a tough wee player. And I, I had our midfield was, you know, Stuart McCall and Ferguson, you know, so we had a tough midfield as mm. well, you know. And I said, I think they're going to miss him, you know. And uh, I said to the press, I did a press thing before, that. I said, I hope. I said, I'd like to score early down at Ellen Road to see how they reacted. Mm. Because it's a, it's a shock, if, you know, like, it was a shock to us, but we overcome the yeah. shock of it. And um, right enough, two minutes in, Haley scores. Fantastic goal. And they didn't react to it as well as we reacted to it, you know, and um, we played really well on the night. We defended well. Gorham. People say, say that was Andy Gorham's finest moment. Um, Nah, I he had so many. A few more, but he had, he had a couple of saves from Cantona. But um, I mean, Gorham was just good most of the time. <laughs> you know, I mean, it, you know, I wouldn't say it was finest moment, but I mean, I think he had a few more finer moments at Parkhead. I think um, he was but, incredible, uh, Gorham. Yeah, he was a good goalkeeper. Just a good yeah. goalkeeper, good lad. Um, but yeah, so we we won the game quite comfortably. Yeah, we're two 0 up. Comfortable, they got a late goal, put it on the edge of me, but but um, but it was quite comfortable for us. How big was it, the Champions League? Marseille, Borussia, CSKA, Moscow, getting to that game in France where it was one game away from yeah. being. Yeah, and I think that was Forget another... about the kind of, we know what happened afterwards and yeah. there's a wee bit of resentment there, but yeah. the actual the, 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 taking you know, them so close, we, how we, did that So we, we were a physical team. I always tell people we were, we, we were a physical team. They came to us in November, around about November, and they played at um, at Ibrox, and it was okay, it was a wet night, and we were physical. They kicked us off a park at Ibrox. They battered us. They had Bolly, they had Desai, they had Angloma, they had Bartes, they had Desai, they had the boy who went to the Hib Sousy, mm. and up front they had Vola. Boxage and a beady Pele. That was the best club team that I'd ever played against. Most probably still to this day, you know, because they, yeah, they were fantastic. A really good team. 
and we managed to get um, um, I was off at half time because I'd run into Boxage or he had run into me and gave me a dead leg which I ended up in Ross Hall again <laughs> getting blood taken from my leg because it, it was um, a good Charlie horse um, but we finished up ending up going there to Marseille and if we if we could get a win in Marseille we would go through to the you know to and I tell kids that today you know or, or, or people we were like in the semi-final of yeah. you know or you know the Champions League and they ah, you know Scottish team how can you be in the Champions League and you know semi-final I said ah, that's what it was you know because if we'd got there or if they hadn't beaten you know the if we'd beaten the Russian team at home and they lost and they'd lost in Bruges, we would have got there as well. Um, but if we had won the game in Marseille, we would have got through to the final. I was ten. I still remember ten. that feeling when Trevor Stephen swings that in and, and Durant hits that. I still remember that. I remember it well because I was right behind Reed around you when he hit it, you know. And um, yeah, Sanji scored all early doors for them, but they were panicking the last. Because you know, they, 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 you know, as you, you, you just go back, you know, when that one team needs to win it and you need a draw, you just kind of go yeah. back the way. And yeah, uh, I think if Mark Haveley had played that night, it would have made a difference. Um, but he got, he got sent off by um, by punching someone against Bruges, giving him a left hook. He, did, he said he did it, but it was, it was a good left hook. Just shook him off or something, you know. So, yeah, it was a, it was a remarkable season that season. And then... I can remember my father came over to watch the the cup final um, against um, we played Aberdeen yeah. at Parkhead because Hamden was, uh, um, was was shut and um, we went two 0 up and they scored late on and we were we were, we were struggling a wee bit just to the uh-huh. length of the season because we must have played like sixty five games. I remember that as well. Lee Richardson scored a late one for Aberdeen. It was right. was was Hately. I think Neil Murray scored first for yeah, us. So. Neil scored, you know, and it was just um, it was a good way to finish it off, you know, winning the treble at Parkhead, yeah. you know. So um, yeah. I was the only I think I was the only captain to to pick up two trophies at Parkhead. Yeah, yeah. I even remember at that Came early age. That's, yeah. what, that's what I say to uh, you know kids Celtic supporters on you know. They, Mm-hmm. Where was your favourite ground? I said, oh, Parkhead, one of my favourite grounds because yeah. I picked up a couple of trophies there, you know, and and enjoyed many victories there as well, you know. So, uh, yeah, it was good times. Richard, just as we wrap this up, I'm going to ask you a couple of quick questions. Yeah. I'd like to do this. Sure. You've already told us your favourite moment was three that you said that it was when you signed, when you became captain yeah. and when you lifted the, the ninth league title. Can you tell us your favourite goal? Um... It was probably the header um, against Celtic in nine in a row because they come to us um, and they were a decent team then. I mean, in the early years of nine in a row, they were strong. In the middle years of nine in a row, they weren't too strong, you know, from maybe, say, 92 to 95. But, the, but from 95, when Tommy Burns took over at Parkhead, mm. they got better players. got the Canios and Van Hoydonks and Cadets and, you know, all of them better players and that they you know they they were a match for us then and mm. um, they were good games you know some terrific games from 95 to yeah through 98 great games and um 
but we were still, we just still had the edge. We still had the edge over them. And um, uh, it came to us on the nine in a row season, first old firm game that year. And George Alberts put a great ball in and I, I headed it top corner, you know. And I can always remember the commentary after, you know, you go home and you watch match of the day or whatever it is. And, and um, Billy McNeil, that's it. He was doing the co-commentary. Yeah, with Jock Brown. Yeah. With Jock Brown, and he had said something like, you know, he should, he should be neutral, really. Mm. Billy, he said, but yeah. he was like, saying, we all know how good Richard Goff is, and how, 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 how can they give let him have a run on the ball? You yeah, know? that's right. It was a great header, he says, a great header. He says, but shouldn't, like, can it, shouldn't it have happened because... Mm. It's it funny because up, you know? it's just went the anniversary of that goal again, and every year it, it comes up, and I still think it's one of the best headers I've ever seen. Yeah. So it's a, it's a great header. But what about a favourite goal not against Celtic? Do you have one? Because I had a funny feeling the Celtic ones might have been a highlight. Yeah, and you know the other one for me was a, a huge one was uh, my first game as a captain for for Rangers in the cup final. League, the cup, league final. cup final. Yeah. Goes to extra the bounce time, in the game and a big yeah. between Morris and Bonner. Mm-hmm. You know, so someone was up there was looking down on me. I always think, you know, that's at the Rangers' end as well. You know, so so just just happy days. So, but um, um, no, I had a good ones for Rangers. Yeah, a few European ones. Yeah, good ones. Scored against Dortmund. Scored against. Well, scored in Juventus scored, in that night well, yeah, from a free yeah, yeah. kick. Do you remember that yeah, one? Yeah, yeah, Juventus. Yeah. Scored. That's why I tell all my Italian friends when. I, I said, by the way, do you, who do you support? You know, they said Juventus. I said, I scored in the... And they just like, no, no Scottish people scored against Juventus. And they, yeah. they asked me to score, and I said, it was 4-1. Yeah. <laughs> still, still scored. Still scored, yeah. Still scored in the, the, what about, the stadium. What about favourite win? Favourite win? Yeah. If there's one victory. Uh, one victory stood out. Maybe the treble against Aberdeen as well. That was, you know, a big one. Um, to get us a treble that year at yep. Parkhead, you know, after an incredible season, yep. you know that was that was most probably one of the biggest games, you know. Favorite teammate? Um, never really had one. As a, you know, I, I, I was close to most of the boys. I was close mm. to to all the boys. I never, you know, uh, I wouldn't say there was any one in particular. In particular, but. You know, I've been asked if, other than say myself in the dressing room, who would be, who would you say would be the biggest influence in the dressing room? Mm-hmm. Um, and that I like having around. I said, I, I always say it would be Alistair McQuist. Mm-hmm. You know, and then I know, I know people say, oh, McQuist is just, you know, a lot the, but he was the life of the dressing room in a lot of ways. You know, mm-hmm. I mean, sometimes when. When the dressing was down and come, you know, you, you could lift it up quite quickly, you know. So I had a good. Um, he was a good friend of mine, and he still is a good friend of mine, you know. So uh, yeah, he, he. I think we helped each other a lot, a lot of the times in the, you know, in the good times and the bad times. You had the. We had a great dressing room at that point. Who who is the biggest style icon? Because I've seen a few suits. Mark Cately talks about a few suits that he's Mark, worn and Mark, stuff. Mark had a who few. had the best fashion? Um, <coughs> during that time, I think 
Because there's a famous story about you saying to Gaza, don't yeah, you touch don't my touch suits my suit. and stuff. Yeah, so. and you're saying, I don't do Marks and Spencer, you know what I mean? Like, <laughs> like, winding me up, you know what I mean? But, but yeah, but Mark was, Mark was very stylish. But it was funny enough, we, <coughs> Basil Bolly came to training the first day when he, when he signed. And he had um, a white tracksuit on. And a like, cost tracksuit or something, whatever it was. And I said, Basil, you know, you know we, we shirt and tie at this club. We have to wear the shirt and tie, you know? So he says, oh, okay, come on. He says, I'm, I scored the European Cup <laughs> winning goal last year, you know what I mean? You know what I mean? So, but, so next day he came in with the white suit, the white tracksuit on again, but just with a tie. Yeah. You know, so we were all laughing. He was, he was a great guy. Basil. Didn't do so well for us, but he mm. was, a, was a great guy. And um, I said, Basil, no. I said, the manager's going to find you, you know what I mean? So... The next day he'd come in, and from that day onwards, he was the smallest guy in the. He had the handkerchief coming out, he had the beauty, you know, mm. brilliant suits, and he was just. But, but he loved it, you know, and that, a lot of the players who came from, you know, from abroad, they loved the collar and tie coming into training with a collar and tie on. Mm. Like it was like going to work, you know? Yeah, it was strange, you know, so. I'd have, have to say Basil, closely followed by Big Mark. Final, final question. Mm -hmm. You're going to hate this. I'm sure people have asked you a hundred times. Gascoigne or Loudrop? Um, and I was privileged to see them both, and I loved them both. Yeah, I loved them both as well. You know, I mean, I, I think, you know, I would have to say, I'd flip the question on you. If I had someone, um, you know, playing for, for my life, if my life was at stake, you know, and I had someone... You know, I would say Gascoigne, you know, just because he had such um, incredible ability um, that he could win, he could really win a game by himself, you know, and uh, he was just, he was so confident, he was overconfident. But Laudrup as well, very similar, but just on a quieter, a quieter thing. But if you had, if my life was on the stake and I thought, oh, you've got some player to win a game for you. You would, I would take Gascoigne. Richard, thanks so much for your time. I yeah. think we could have sat here for hours no, and discussed that era and discussed Rangers currently. Mm -hmm. um, I know you were at the game yesterday, had a pretty dramatic ending, but let's hope that we return to the, that era that you had because it was yeah. exceptional. Thank you for everything. You were no a problem. tremendous Rangers captain. Thank you. And watching you was a real privilege growing up, and thank you for your time today. Okay. Thank you, Stevie.